This is Mission.org. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Marketing Trends and the Leeds Art Week. Hello, and welcome to Marketing Trends. This is producer Ben Wilson. Today, we have part two of our mix down with highlights from the Serious Decisions B2B Marketing Summit, where we interviewed almost 20 marketing leaders over the course of three days. Whereas the first part brought you highlights from our interviews with CEOs, in the second installment, we pulled some of the best insights from our conversations with practitioners so that we could get a better view of what people were talking about on a tactical level. In this episode, you'll be hearing from Sarah McNamara, Senior Marketing Operations Manager at Cloudera, Asher Matthew, Vice President of Business Development at Lean Data, and Jeff Davis, Founder and Revenue Strategist at JD2 Consulting Group. Marketing Trends is brought to you by Salesforce Pardot, B2B marketing automation on the world's number one CRM. Are you ready to take your B2B marketing to new heights? With Pardot, marketers can find and nurture leads, close more deals, and maximize ROI. Learn more by visiting pardot.com slash podcast, or click on the link in our show notes. First, let's hear from Sarah and Asher. In these next few clips, they talk about their biggest takeaways from Serious Decisions 2019, from truth in messaging to optimizing data use. Share these. Um, Sarah, why don't you start it, Start us off? What is one of your biggest takeaways so far from, from Serious Decisions? So I feel like there are some interesting messages going around. Like I feel like we have two messages, and one of them is we need to have a single source of truth and then the other message is we all want to sell a customer data platform. Like even vendors who I've talked to about like data enrichment, I'm like, we want your data. And they're like, no, 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 you want our platform. And I'm like, no, 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 we want your data. Uh, so I think it's interesting because those two messages, I think, fundamentally conflict because uh, we don't want more platforms because that just creates more disparate data. Uh, so I found that really intriguing because it's kind of like, how do you do both I assume everyone's trying to vet to be like the single like main platform, but I'm seeing vendors who are entering that space that I like would not typically think would like be in there, like a lead space, you know, like Lattice. It's just interesting to me. Another takeaway I had is that people talk about ABM or but are still talking about like list size, like we have 8 million people in our database. And so it intrigues me in the sense that usually when you talk about list size is kind of like a relic of the past, right? It's like, oh, we have all these people that we can just like blast an email to. And so it makes me wonder like what's going on behind the scenes or people talking about ABM and like maybe kind of slowly adopting it, uh, but like talking more about it to the public. Um, I mean, that's all the ultimate vanity metric, right? Like it's a B2B conference, right? If you're, if you're selling shoes or toothbrushes, like yeah, 8 million list size is pretty great, but we're not. To me, that's like data dysfunction, though. How do you, <laughs> 8 million people, can you imagine trying to just like change one field and there would take forever just to like yeah, push yeah. through the update? So, yeah. So, I just think that's interesting and definitely gives a sense of like people see the future and people see like we want a single source of truth. We want to send people relevant content, but we're still kind of like getting there. There's still some like kind of holding on to like the safety of the past. Asher, what about you? What's what's one of your biggest takeaways here for uh, for serious decisions? So I actually have three, and these are things people said. And uh, the first one that was actually somewhat similar around data as well, which is uh, I think it's a little bit more on the operationalizing of uh, data. The first thing that I heard, which is amazing, was Rolodexes only go so far. 
And so if you don't operationalize your processes and your data so that people can digest and there's like constant enrichment taking place, you're not going to be able to scale your company. The second one that I heard was channel folks have to be better than direct sales reps because don't take this is a common mistake I see all the time where people will take their weakest reps and put them on channel teams, both. It doesn't matter whether they're sales, marketing or whatever function they're in. And the logic behind that was because the channel reps have to actually go tell the value proposition to a partner and then enable the partner to then go have that conversation with a customer. So you do need somebody who is uh, experienced. And then the last point is actually directly related to what Sarah just said. And, and thanks, Sarah, for being a customer of Lean Data. Um, <laughs> nice shout out there. <laughs> well, Clarity has been a longtime customer of ours, right? But the last one that I heard was leads, opportunities, accounts are not sales assets. They're the company's assets. Oh, and if, that's interesting. And if they are the company's assets, then they should technically be managed by a centralized team so that the touch points, whether they are pre-cycle, post-cycle, wherever sales cycle, wherever they, they are, they are managed and it's orchestrated so that the experience is great. Which then leads me to the thing that's being most talked about right now is revenue operations. And so the operations piece has processes, people, technology data, measurements, all of that stuff has to be centralized. But again, it's an idea and a concept that a lot of people are talking about at this event. I do, I do want to get some of your thoughts around, it just seems like there's more marketing people talking about sales and marketing alignment than salespeople. I haven't been quite been able to figure out why that is, but this was just something as I was just looking at the social feeds this week and just talking to people and just, just to became curious, like, why are there not more salespeople talking about sales and marketing alignment? And Because I just think that fundamentally, like, the focus of the salesperson is to sell and to be, like, the main effort and to be supported. And I think when you're in the supporting role, you're saying, like, how can I, like, enhance these efforts? And I think when you're the one being supported, you're saying, like, hey, I just need help. Like, I don't know what that is. And so when you when you look at this, like, you know, with the rise of ABM, stuff like this, if the answer can't just be, I need more leads, it's like, I need something, but I don't know what that is. And I think traditionally, salespeople are really bad at, at self-diagnosing their problems. They just know that, like, they're not hitting their, their number next quarter. So I don't think it's like, they're thinking about aligning sales and marketing. They're just like, I need support on the support ground, like ASAP. I also think that Sales tends to be like customer focused, right? Like either customer or prospect focused. So that's where most of their conversations are happening. Whereas marketing, like we're trying more and more to bring in like, you know, customer support and like all and partners and all these different groups together. So we tend to talk more internally and then more. And let's be real. Marketers just like to talk in general (laughs) and like hear themselves talk. (laughs) So I think that we just talk more about it. Like I know when I talk directly with sales folks, they have like shared feedback around like, you know, if I haven't talked to them before, maybe like, hey, like, I'm so glad that we're talking now because here are the things that I'm hearing that like this customer cares about. So like, let's see what we can do to focus on that. So I think that they just don't talk about the conversations as much like publicly, if that makes sense. I think they're happening and like they're appreciated. That's the feedback that I get. But they just don't go out to like a conference and talk about like the marketers are talking to me more or something. Make, makes total sense. And I'll add to this. Uh I think a couple of years ago, I was sitting in a talk where Brad Feld was speaking, and he actually broke it down pretty cleanly. He said, look, guys, like there is the company engine, the customer engine, and the product engine. 
that's what tech companies do. And if you look at it like that, then whether you call it CRO, CMO, COO, doesn't really matter, right? But the DNA needs to be about customer centricity. And so, again, if title defines identity, we should probably call everybody revenue. There's revenue executives, there's revenue development reps, there's revenue, like you can do all of that, right? But we should for sure make sure that somebody is making the customer successful and then you go and do whatever the next piece that you need to get done. The only thing that I don't like about, I think the word revenue in the title is I feel like it once again, like puts out the message where it's like, it's all about the money that we can make from you as a customer. Whereas I feel like it's again, almost like a conflicting message. I feel like people recognize that we need to focus more on like delivering value. That's not just like the product. Like we really want to form a partnership and so, like, that's the only thing, and maybe that's just my marketing mind looking at it and being like, how can this be interpreted? But, like, I wish there was, like, another term we could use, like, maybe, like, chief customer. Well, I guess there's, like, customer there are, experience. <clears throat> no, totally. You're, I think you're exactly right. Um, and you're seeing people with chief customer officer as their title and stuff like that. I mean, I think that makes perfect sense. I think that ultimately... I think you're you're right that everything, Asher, you're right that everything like boils down to revenue. So we could all have those titles. I think that positioning to the market is really important because like I think long term, like supportive, that's why customer success is like now a role. I mean, we just onboarded a customer success and our new customer success manager here at Mission. Just bring that into those conversations, like completely changes the dynamic when you're working with customers like, oh, yeah, somebody's. We're like focused on making this better for us. Like, I think that that mindset is super important. And that's where even like the term account manager versus like customer success manager, it's like, oh, sweet, I'm an account. That's like how you see me, right? It's like, that's not great. That doesn't feel great. It's almost like sales. Like sales has kind of become somewhat of a dirty word, right? Like now it's like, well, account executive. It's like people don't say like sales rep so much anymore. It's because the term sales is like it used to be all about like, how do we get you to give me money? And so I think that's an important thing is like, especially in SaaS, you want to hold on to that customer. Like it, it's a lot easier to expand when you look at like the, the studies they've done on this than to just churn and burn and just be like, we get your money and then you're unhappy because we don't pay attention to you and then you leave. Yeah. One of the great pieces of advice that I got early on in my career was uh, don't don't ring the bell on sales, ring the bell on renewals. And I think that I think that there needs to be the post-sale, like the customer lifecycle journey, you know, a lot of the CMOs that we talk to are really focused on like lifecycle. What is the customer journey, not the buyer journey? We have multiple episodes about that exact thing of like, it shouldn't even be called the buyer journey. It should be called the customer journey because once they buy, that's like, you know, that's, that's the tip of the iceberg. And then you got to do the rest of the work. Next, let's hear from Jeff Davis, founder and revenue strategist at JD2 Consulting Group a management consulting firm working with B2B businesses on sales and marketing alignment. In these next few clips, he talks about his work at JD2, sales marketing alignment, and the importance of genuine human connection. Cool. And what are some of those things that you see with with your clients um, that are some of those big kind of barriers? What are those, uh, you know, the rifts that happen that you're, you're trying to... Uh, to solve or head them away from? Yeah, so most companies are operating in our traditional silos. Like we're still in that that siloed approach to the market. And so what that creates is a, a disjuncted go-to-market strategy and go-to-market approach. And in, in what I find more often than not when I get to the root of working with clients is that 
they many times will have a different value proposition for the customer. They many times will have a different uh, lens on what's happening in the market. Um, a lot of times they're also making these decisions and, and making these assessments from data that is in different silos. And so when they come together and they have conversations, they're not really having conversations that are truly indicative of what the the universe really is. They are only privy to their silo of the universe. And so that skews many times uh, how they're reacting and, and not really understanding what's really truly going on. When you're talking with, you know, marketers specifically, what are what are the things that they're saying about sales that they need help aligning on? Yeah, so let's level set before we get into that, right? I always, I always joke <laughs> a lot of times when I'm doing speaking engagements, uh, I come in and sometimes it's, it, does, it rubs people the wrong way, but I've been in both sales and marketing. So I started my career in sales, transitioned to marketing, have my MBA in marketing. And so I always joke and say, uh, marketers are arrogant <laughs> and salespeople are prideful. <laughs> so let's get over our sales and actually work together. And, and I, I joke and say that in a jesting way, but I really do see, you know, people kind of beholden to these stereotypes that we've created about marketers and created about sales. Oh, people. absolutely. I'm the same way. I, I was, I've been in both sales and marketing and you're just like, you get to the other side and you're like, I promise you they're trying to do their best work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they're not, they're not trying to, have you ever seen the, um, God, there's a great standup. I forget who it is, but, uh, the, the guy's talking about how. It's like, oh, she's trying to undermine my work. It's like, you're bagging groceries at Safeway. What is she doing? Stealing your paper? <laughs> right? Like, it's just one of these things. Like, we feel like we're being undermined by yeah. people. And really, you know, uh, you can't attribute, you know, malice when it's probably, uh, you know, just a sense of uh, they just don't know. Right? right. And so what I've found out in doing my work is that everybody thinks that sales and marketing is at war. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, I, I fell into that trap in the, in the very beginning, especially when I transitioned from sales to marketing. What I found in talking to leaders on the podcast, speaking, the coaching, consulting engagements, they don't know each other and there's a lack of empathy because they really don't truly understand what it means to be a marketer. They don't understand what it means to be in sales. And so when Great. you have two people that don't understand each other, inevitably you're gonna have conflict. So what I see on the marketing side of defense uh, as far as complaints is that you know your stereotypical um, we've heard this before, sales doesn't follow up on leads mm -hmm. or sales isn't messaging correctly. Those are probably the, the two that I hear the most. And so it's really about sitting down and saying, have you asked them, are the leads good? And more so, what characteristics make up a good lead? Um, what are you seeing working? And then I would even challenge them. I actually don't like the word lead. I actually just wrote an article in Selling Power that talks about the fact that sales leaders should stop asking marketing for leads um, because that is not going to fill your pipeline. What you want them to do is create opportunities so that you can then actually close and convert those to business. Were there any particular, you know, keynotes or, or talks that you really enjoyed? Uh, there are a number, a number of them. I think the two that stand out to me, obviously we had common come and talk about uh, being a servant leader and a Chicago guy. Yeah, he is a Chicago guy. So I was really excited when he when, yeah. when I saw he was on the on the program. So he's I said, the best. Okay, okay, but he, what I like that he brought to the table was, it's going to take a certain type of leader to transform the way we do business. And you know, when I talk about sales and marketing alignment, this is not a one and done thing. This has not happened over weeks. This is a true transformation and a pivot in the business uh, that's going to take true leadership. And so I'm glad that he set the stage with making sure we understand that 
being a leader isn't about your goals and metrics, but it's about really empowering your people to do something different. Uh, I also thought that the presentation, and I forgot the executives that were doing it, uh, but they talked about uh, respect, respecting clients, mm-hmm. um, being customer focused, uh, being customer obsessed, but really always respecting the relationship that we have with buyers, customers, prospects, and really being thoughtful about when is being too personalized, when is being too invasive, too much, but also making sure we're balancing that with really you know, being proactive and serving their needs uh, as best as possible. Because as we all know, uh, customer service is really the new currency of the B2B company. I love that idea and the idea of respect. You know, our, our CEO talks about this, Chad, and he was just at World Tour talking about the importance of like kindness. And I think that there's just so many times where we want to like not show kindness, not show respect, not respect other people's time. So much of marketing uh, and sales is about interrupting people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, it is truly like you are most of the time asking for, you know, 30 minutes of their life or, you know, five minutes of their life or 30 seconds of a pre-roll or whatever that is. Right. Um, and to do that in the right way is challenging. And I think, you know, when you, the way that you can tactically pull pull through that idea of respect is ensuring that every time I interact with that prospect customer, that I'm providing value in some way. And I'm not just asking, 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 because we, we know now that we can no longer do this, push people through their funnel thing. People are just not, they're not up for it anymore. Right. And so sales leaders that are continuing to push that, I challenge you to stop. Really what we're, we're really facing now is a value first economy or if you are someone that provides value, whether that be helping them understand what their problem is, getting clarity, helping them set a vision, helping them explore options that may or may not be yours, but really crafting the conversation and becoming a part of the buying decision team, because ultimately that's what you want to do. When you do those things, people will reward you with their business. Uh, And so those that are not doing that, I think are finding it very hard to make a true connection. And I think what is interesting is that as we have all this surge in technology, people are really hungry for a genuine, intimate connection with another human. Agreed. And so we have to remember, yes, these tools are amazing and they allow you to do really, really cool stuff. But that is all for not if you don't understand that what you're really trying to do is connect with people. What other sessions or or keynotes or stuff did you find find interesting? Uh, I did a lot of focusing on going to sessions about account-based marketing or account-based everything or account-based whatever you want to call it because it it now has eight cousins. Um, (laughs) But I I found those interesting because I really love that sales folks are starting to, to get on that bandwagon. It's not that ABMs necessarily new to salespeople, but it's great to see that sales leaders are now a part of this ABM conversation. And it really now, because ABM is not new, but it's this whole orchestration across sales and marketing of ABM. That's what I'm excited about. But I'm also excited about the fact that we're having conversations about building true buyer's journeys that are not just sales processes or marketing processes or cadences, but it's really tapping into understanding buyer's behaviors, their needs, and then creating a process that mirrors and matches their internal decision-making process. That is not historically what a lot of people have considered the buyer's journey because it really was just masking a sales process. Um, So it's good to see that. And, And a lot of these tools that are around us right now are enabling us to learn so much more and grab so much more data and insights 
that we're actually building these really robust buyer's journeys that really are truly indicative of what uh, our prospects and customers are going through. One of the things that I really liked about the the summit, the Serious Decision uh, 2019 summit, is that I actually am actively seeing both sales and marketing leaders in the same room, in sessions, having real conversations about alignment. One of the reasons I started my work is that you didn't really see a lot of cross-functional collaboration and networking at events. And so this is one of the few that I've seen that has done that in a really meaningful way and not just created separate tracks for them to just be in physical proximity, uh, but they're actually engaging with each other. I actually wrote a blog post about some of my top recommendations for conferences that both sales and marketing leaders should go to together. And Serious Decisions was actually on that list specifically because as I was doing my research, I found that they had created a way for for sales and marketing leaders to have an experience together and go back to the office together uh, with some shared learnings and thoughts. Yeah, and we'll link that up in the show notes. You wrote uh, seven conferences that B2B marketing and sales leaders should attend together. And I think, you know, it's it's a great list and it's a great point that I think a lot of times, like we go to conferences, we get so excited to meet peers that are working on this stuff and are are, are so energized by all of this. And we go back and then you got to go, you know, convince the boss or the board or, uh, you know, the other function that wasn't there. And I love the idea of of doing that stuff together. And one of the points I make in that blog post, and thank you for sharing that, is that, you know, if your marketing team is going to a conference like this, spend the time to pull out those, those key points that will affect or influence sales and have a debrief with the team to say, hey, we went to this conference and maybe it's just leadership, but here are some things that we learned that we think will also impact your business. Because more often than not, what we do, we go to a marketing conference, we probably have a debrief internally with our team and then that's it. And sales doesn't even know that we went there and doesn't know any of the learning. So uh, I encourage leaders, even if they go to conferences by themselves, come back and have a conversation with your counterpart to say, these are the things that I think will uh, affect what you're doing in your work and then that are applicable to you. That's it for this episode. Special thanks to Jeff, Sarah, and Asher. We'll be bringing you more interviews from Serious Decisions over the coming weeks. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening to this episode of Marketing Trends. Marketing Trends is brought to you by Salesforce Pardot. World-class B2B marketers use Pardot to generate and nurture leads, close more deals, and maximize ROI at every stage of the sales cycle. Empower your marketing team to become revenue-generating superheroes and let Pardot's data analysis keep an eye on the bottom line. Learn more by visiting pardot.com slash podcast or click on the link in our show notes. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now.
From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.